0: So during this time, if you can, please stand for the reading of the word, which is done by one of our fourth graders, Liam Bailey. Reading from one one through four, or readings from Hebrews one one through four. Long go at many times in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he anointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right Hand of Majesty on High, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The Word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning. My name is Blake. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, I, I always have enjoyed the Christmas season. Growing up, there's something about getting a, a tree, wrapping it with lights, throwing some ornaments on it that just filled me with so much joy. And uh, of course, drinking gargantuous amounts of eggnog. Anyone else out there like me? Okay, thank you for being normal. Uh, the, uh, the chocolate calendars, gotta love those. And of course, daily counting how many gifts I have under the tree. And I better have more than everyone else. I didn't really ponder what the Christmas season was all about though. I didn't think deeply about this person, Jesus Christ. It wasn't until I was 21 years old when I submitted my life to the lordship of him. I think I get it a little bit more now. And I will say this, there is... No greater gift that I have received than the joy of the Lord. And my prayer for us this morning is that our hearts would unite and that they would leap with joy knowing that Emmanuel is amongst us. He is with us this morning, friends. And we're going to be going through just the first four four verses in Hebrews 1. And the Hebrew writer, he, he got this. Like he loved Jesus so much. We don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the content inside of it. But he wrote this book to uh, encourage the Jewish people of that time who were giving their life to Christ. But some of them were facing the pressures and temptations to go back and practice Judaism. And so this author, he's writing them saying, hey, stay steadfast. Jesus is the fulfillment of Judaism. He he has fulfilled it and you have now found the better way. And so stick to what is better. Don't go back. That is what the Hebrew writer is really getting at in this. And the thing is this theme actually happened during the life of Jesus as well. The Hebrews, uh, the the letter to the Hebrews was written decades after the life of Jesus, but we see this even happen in his own life. You see in John chapter six, where many of the disciples, uh, Jewish disciples stop following Christ because they feel that his teachings are too hard. And so they abandon him and go back to their former way of living. And Jesus, he turns to his inner 12 and he looks at them and he says, are you going to leave me as well? And I, I love this moment from Peter. Peter, the one who pipes up a lot. I love this moment. And I, I believe friends that if we can get this, that'll change the trajectory of our lives. If we can align ourselves with this truth, Peter says, Lord, where am I gonna go? Where am I going to go? You have the words to eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And that, friends, is the main point to today's message that Jesus Christ is the Holy One of God. That's why we celebrate Advent. That's why we celebrate Christmas, the, uh, the most recognized holiday in, in all of humanity, pointing to Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate every single day that we are here on planet earth because our Lord holds salvation in his hands and he gives it freely to anyone who puts their faith and trust in him. You see, many, uh, many of the prophets and righteous people longed to see the day that the Messiah would step foot on the scene. The disciples had the pleasure of walking quite literally with him. Whereas you and I, uh, Christ has ascended and he is now sitting at the right hand of the Father in majesty. But the Spirit of God descended and he is now living within us. This is the temple that he is now living in our very own heart in our lives. And then we are given the 66 books of the Bible, our ultimate source of truth. This is what the Hebrews is getting at, that Jesus, he is king and creator. Let's look at verse one. It says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. We have to first notice in this verse that the Hebrew writer doesn't explain the origin of God. He just assumes that God exists. The main point here is that God speaks. There are so many arguments to the existence of God, and I don't have time to run through them today, but if you're interested, I'd love to sit down and talk with you more about that. But kind of the four big ones that we have a reason to believe that there is a God that exists is uh, we think of the cosmological argument, the ontological argument, uh, the argument of cause and effect and the, and the moral argument. How do we have this moral compass inside of us that knows what is right and what is wrong? These are the different arguments of the existence of God. But Romans kind of lays it all out there for us. It says this in Romans, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so they are without excuse. In other words, looking at creation around us gives us a reason to believe that there is a creator behind that creation. We are without excuse. All of mankind, in the depths of their very heart, know that there is a, knows that there is a God that exists. But a lot of mankind just chooses to deny that truth. There is a God that exists, and He wants our attention. So God has made himself known. In Hebrews, uh, he's really just saying that he speaks. There was once a time where he spoke through the prophets and the patriarchs. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah by a still small voice. He spoke to Isaiah by a heavenly vision. He spoke to Amos through a basket of fruit. True story. Go home today. Talk to your fruit. You never know. <laughs> Just make sure you're alone because it's going to look a little weird. Don't do that. The big thing is, he spoke. And the scripture says that in these last days, he has spoken through his son. In these last days, he has spoken through the person who is greater than any prophet and any patriarch. Before And that's a big deal because the the Jewish people, they held the prophets and patriarchs to the highest standard, to the highest level of authority, so much so that they actually confront Jesus one day in John chapter eight, and they say this, are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God, but you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. Ooh, a little sass. <laughs> but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Abraham rejoiced to see the day that the Messiah would enter the scene in the scripture says that he was glad. Jesus is saying that he is greater than the patriarchs and the prophets. He goes on to say that his own father in heaven glorifies him. This is showing kingship or as the writer of Hebrews would say, he's the rightful heir. Everything was created through Jesus Everything was created for Jesus. Everything was created to glorify Jesus. And one day he will return and establish his kingdom and reign forever and ever. And his enemies will be at his feet. But you and I get to share in that glory. You and I get to reign alongside with him. That's the beauty of the gospel. Here's the thing though, that's, that tends to be a, a, a big controversy in, in the world that we live in. Uh, seeing Christ in this fashion, in this way, we can uh, agree that a lot of the world and many other religions, they'll, they'll view Christ as a nice guy, uh, a humble servant, um, uh, a lesser version of God, a prophet even, Uh, Wikipedia, they, they say that Jesus was a historical figure who changed the trajectory of humanity. That's great, like cool. But the big thing that you and I have to ask within our own heart is do we view him as God? Because if he is not God, then the gospel is a moral compass at best. If he is not God, then the gospel is a moral compass at best. C.S. Lewis puts it this way that Jesus is either Lord or he is lunatic. He is either the Lord of your life or he is a liar in your life. You cannot pick both, there is no in between. But I will say this there's too much evidence, there are too many testimonies, too many miracles to deny the divinity of Jesus Christ. He is a man, yes, 100%. But let me say this, he is far greater than a man. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And Hebrews defends this truth by building upon it, by saying that Jesus is God, but he is also sustainer. Look at verse three. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's the radiance of the glory of God. Uh, I, I once saw a group of teenage boys gather together. I may or may not have been a part of this group. Uh, and, and they were challenging each other to see who can look at the sun the longest. Um, There's a reason why I wear contacts nowadays. But uh, fun fact, I'm sure you probably don't care. uh, It it only takes a hundred seconds of looking at the sun to have permanent retinal damage. In other words, like complete blindness. Now you might be going, Blake, why are you telling us this? That's cool. When you think about our sun in the sky that blazing fireball of energy. What, what we're actually seeing, I'm not a scientist, so if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I have Google, so. <laughs> that's, that's my second form of truth. Uh, just kidding. But when, when we see the sun, what we are actually seeing are, are the rays emitting itself from the sun. We're not actually seeing the sun itself. We're seeing the rays that are emitting from the sun. And in the same way, no one has ever seen God except for Jesus Christ, who in a way emits these perfect rays of God's glory. That's who Jesus is. If you wanna see and know who God is, all you have to do is look at Jesus Christ. He's the perfect representation. Some of you might be going, "Well," Why does the God of the Old Testament look very different than Jesus Christ? And I would, I would argue that belief. A lot of people think that the God of the Old Testament is this cranky old dude that sits in a chair all day and loves judging and pouring out his wrath upon people. And then they view Jesus as this guy who, uh, he's like a hippie almost, who loves frolicking through the flowers and having children on his shoulders and lambs and... He's wonderful. And I wanna, I wanna challenge that belief because if you read the book, if you read the Old Testament text, you would realize that yes, Yahweh had those moments of pouring out his wrath and judgment, but there are so many moments where he's pouring out his loving kindness, his mercy, Is grace, and I think the biggest one is his patience. He's patient with people. In the same way we see Jesus Christ, who yes, uh, he's loving, he's wonderful, he's glorious, but at the same time, he passes judgment at times. He flips tables in anger. He talks more about hell than anyone else. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. The whole book is about Christ Jesus. They are not two different individuals. They are one in the same sharing glory and power and majesty. This is the God that we serve. If you wanna see him, just look at his son The scripture says that he is the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus himself says that if you've seen him, you've seen the father. He is the expression of the invisible God. And then the text goes on to say that he upholds the universe. He is the sustainer. Let me just say one thing about this to all of us in this room. Friend, Jesus is sustaining you whether you feel like you are so far from God or you feel like you are just clinging on to his leg right now, he is sustaining you. Let me expand this even more. He is sustaining this church. The spirit of God has not left this church. People's lives are being changed. People are coming to know Christ as Lord. The Spirit is evident here, and we glorify Him for that. He is sustaining us, friends. I believe that to be true that the one who has the power and authority to uphold the universe has the ability to hold you up as well. And then it goes on to say that Jesus is the mediator, and He sits in majesty. Still in verse three, after making purification for sins, that's a big deal. This is Jesus as the redeemer, Jesus as the mediator, the one who stepped in our place, the one who died a gruesome death because he loves you so much. The one who is a perfect, fragrant offering to God in heaven. This is the Jesus that died for you and I and the amazing part is he, he did not wait until we were perfect. He didn't wait until we had all our ducks in a row. I hear so many people go, I need, to, I need to figure all these things out in my life. I need to stop all of these addictions first, and then I'll give my life to Christ. No, this is what the Bible says, that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm about to hit you with the greatest theological truth you've ever heard. You ready? I should, I should get a PhD after what I'm about to say. You ready for this? It's deep. Jesus loves you. I'll say it again. Jesus loves you. Above everything else. We hear a lot of great messages and we become knowledgeable of the word of God, but I think what we need to hear today and, and allow it to rest to the depths of our heart is that truth that Jesus loves you. I didn't grow up going to church too often, but I do remember I, I, I was born in San Jose. Uh, I do remember my grandma dragging me along uh, to her church one Sunday morning. And I was, a, I was a kid at this time and I went into the children's ministry, shout out children's ministry. And I remember this song and I, I, I want us to sing it today, okay? I want us to sing it together today. It's called Jesus Loves Me. So uh, get your vocal cords ready. If you don't know this song, uh, there's lyrics on the screen. If you don't know the tone of the song, good luck. But let's, just, let's sing this together. Here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. You guys are good. We'll have you up here next weekend. What most people don't know about this song is that there's actually more to it and I'm, I'm not gonna sing the rest, uh, I'll spare you, but I will, I'm gonna walk through these lyrics with you and I just want you to take them to heart. Listen to what this song has to say. Jesus loves me, this I know, as he loved so long ago, taking children on his knees, saying, let them come to me. Jesus loves me still today, walking with me on my way, wanting as a friend to give light and love to all who live. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. Thou has bled and died for me, I will henceforth live for thee. A simple children's song summarizes the entirety of the gospel. Jesus loves you, friend. I pray that you remember that truth today. And the amazing part about our great God is that now that since Jesus gave his life for us and the three most powerful words I believe he ever said were this, it is finished. And he is now sitting at the right hand of the father in the utmost amount of majesty and glory, reigning on high. Sustaining us, his church, his bride. He is with us. He is amongst us today. This is our great king in majesty. And as we wrap this up and join in a time of communion, I want us to think about that. Think about that that truth of what Jesus did for us, the sacrifice he made for us. And communion, it's for those who uh, have given their life to Christ and and, and we take it as a, a way of remembering him. But if you're sitting here and if you've never given your life to Jesus as Lord, stop waiting. Give up trying to be the God of your own life. I promise you, Christ is the better way. He is the greater way. And so on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance. Of me, just a, a, a little bit of it, instruction as you take the elements today. Would you please stand and then uh, exit to your left, uh, receive the elements, and then enter back on the right-hand side. And if uh, if you're gluten-free in here, we have that option in the back um, for you as well. So uh, remember this today as we continue in the Advent season that Jesus is Emmanuel the revelation of God. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for today, for giving your son so that we may live. I pray for the heart in here that is on the fence to giving their life to you. God, would you just tip them over and say this is the better way. God, I pray for our hearts in here that may have been following you for many years. Would you soften them as we grow in you? Would you make us like little children. God, would you give us that personality and desire just to be near dad? God, I I pray that you would bless us today. As we take these elements, would you uh, refresh our soul? And would we think deeply about the truth that your son loves us so much? So bless us today, we ask in Christ's name, amen.